Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other. It can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life. But when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's all online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash swish. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. The Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 235 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. And I'm Katie. And this episode is sponsored by Eddie Lowe. Thank you, Eddie. Eddie! Woo! Also goes for Claire. Yes. Love you both. Thank you. Today, we will be discussing part two of chapter 13 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, The Secret Riddle. So make sure that you have read the chapter and you're ready to drink your way through the details. I don't know why I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, probably because she was drinking the gin. Maybe oh, that's what she was thinking of. Maybe I added that. Mm. Oh, gosh. Um, before we begin, <laughs> let's go to Megan for some weekly profit news. So in case you didn't realize, there are only three voices right now. Um, and it is going to be that way going forward because Sarah is taking a break for an indefinite amount of time. We are going to miss her dearly, but this mm -hmm. is what she needs to do for herself. She's just busy with life and school, and she just needs a break. Uh, breaks are a good thing. So if yes. you want to hear the four of us still banter, she will still be joining us on A Court of Swish and Flick. So if you want to hear us talk about the ACOTAR series um, with Sarah, you can hear us all over there. Yep. 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 We miss you, Sasa Frass. We love you, Sasa. And this week we have a bonus weekly profit from the original Mouse with a Bow. <laughs> <laughs> Meg's Mouse Tales. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, so we would like to announce that myself, Katie, and Sasa, aka Sarah, will be attending the Books, Gowns, and Crowns Expo Ball. Book event crawl event that is happening in portland Fancy oregon party oh my gosh i'm so excited um so we will be attending it's gonna be in portland oregon september 3rd and 4th 3rd and 4th it's labor day weekend um i'm so excited to go to the pacific northwest like genuinely I, this is like a this is like a bucket list city for me mm -hmm. um good for you i'm so excited so if anybody has any Portland tips and tricks. Hit me up. Give me some hit coffee shops. Up. 
Definitely coffee shops. I already got a couple suggestions. Shout out to Brie. Thank you so much for sending me some. Yes. Um, but yeah, we're we're really excited. Make sure that you go and follow them on TikTok, Books, Gowns, Crowns, and then also booksgownsandcrowns.com. For information on tickets, which go on sale February 25th, um, tickets to the general public go on sale then. So if you would like to join us there, we're going to have a booth at the expo on the first day. So that you will definitely be able to meet us if you're coming. Um, And yeah, we're going to be at the ball. We're going to do the bookstore crawl through Portland the second day. And we're super excited. So I can't wait. Genuinely. Oh, you guys are going to have fun. I'm going to be with my newborn. (laughs) We're going to take a cutout of (laughs) Tiff. Don't tease me. Don't tease me because if my head is not floating around on a popsicle stick, I'm going to be very upset. (laughs) Oh, just wait. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, I'm excited. So, yay. Yeah, we hope to see you there. So make sure to follow us on your preferred podcast listening platform and share this episode with your friends, because if you like us, then maybe they will too. Make sure to subscribe to our channel on YouTube at Swish and Flick Podcast and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Swish Flick Cast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Swish Supporting our podcast keeps us going, and it gives you access to our exclusive Felix Files episodes, our Discord channel, our live recordings, trivia games, Swish Swag boxes, and more. For those of you who do not follow us on social media, I'm going to very quickly right here give an update on the Swish Swag boxes. I am apologizing for days about the fact that it is February and they have not gone out yet. I want to let you know we didn't forget about them. We are still waiting on product to come in on top of the fact that three out of the four of us got sick in December. December flew by. I don't even know what happened to January. And here we are. So we did not forget about you. The boxes will be going out. We are severely sorry. And we love you all. And thank you so much for your support. Yes. Yes. Already planning the next one, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Already planning that next box. And I've got this drive for 2022 to like just light a fire under my butt with things and make sure stuff gets done when it needs to get done. That's a personal goal. Yeah, I know. Me too. It's hard. I have been feeling so burnt out about literally everything. So we're doing our best. We are doing our best. Yeah. Um. Send your Potter stories or any questions or concerns to our email, which is swishflickcast at gmail.com. Very good. Very good. It's time <laughs> for the re- 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 recap. <laughs> Thanks, I did my own thing today. Yeah, you're welcome. You didn't even have to cover up your camera. I know. It felt real good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so last time, Katie Bell had to be sent to Mungo's. Don't worry, she should be better in a few months. No big deal. It's crazy. Um, It's time for another lesson with Dumbledore. Two memories this time. One is talking about Burke from Borgen and Burke's ripping Merope off. And the other is the first time that Dumbledore meets Tom Riddle. Whoa. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Um, so I'm doing the summary now. This is weird. However, I will say <laughs> these are still Sasa's words for this week. Mm-hmm. I did yes. not write this. 
Still in the memory where Harry learns that others are wary of Tom Riddle, memory Dumbledore gets to finally meet Tom and tell him that he is a wizard. He's a wizard, Tom, and he has a place at Hogwarts. He also knows about his thieving ways and tells him to return the stuff and apologize. He gives him his golden ticket to Hogwarts with all the information he needs to get supplies and how to get to school. Harry and Dumbledore go over what they learned and part ways to go to bed. All I can think of is, I got a golden ticket. I know. I freaking love that movie. <laughs> right. It always makes me want chocolate and then I'll eat chocolate and it's never as good as I think it should be in that movie. So I'm like kind of disappointed every time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that weird? <laughs> no, it's not. Like you just want a Wonka chocolate. I don't know, you know what, what that is. Yeah. It's Mally's chocolate. You're not wrong. That's true. That's true. <clears throat> All right. So... Remember, we are in conversation with Mrs. Cole, who is um, the head of the orphanage where Tom Riddle is. So Mrs. Cole went on to tell Dumbledore that Tom was a funny baby, too. He hardly ever cried. And when he grew to be a little bit older, he was odd. And so Dumbledore's like, can you elaborate on that? And she did continue on, but she did so with caution. And she was clearly ready to be rid of him, but she wanted to make sure that everything was, like, confirmed before she moved on. He's, like, definitely leaving. Nothing I can say is going to make you change your mind, essentially. (laughs) If that doesn't give you a clue into how they feel about him. Yeah. Quote, but Mrs. Cole pulled up short. And there was nothing blurry or vague about the inquisitorial glance she ga- she shot Dumbledore over her gin glass. I just want to interject here that I really miss gin. I love <laughs> gin. <laughs> I just really miss a gin and tonic. Uh, anyways, he's definitely got a place at your school, you say? Definitely, said Dumbledore. And nothing I say can change that? Nothing, said Dumbledore. You'll be taking him away, whatever. Whatever, repeated Dumbledore gravely. She squinted as him at him as though deciding whether or not to trust him. Apparently, she decided she could because she said in a sudden rush, he scares the other children. And we don't mean he jumps out and says boo. Okay. Right. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know. That's true. Well, so Dumbledore's like, well, so... Is Tom a bully? And Mrs. Cole thinks that he must be, but she says that it's hard to catch him at it. And there have been incidents and nasty things associated with Tommy Boy. (laughs) But (laughs) Dumbledore doesn't press her, and Harry could tell that she's interested. So she gulps some more gin. Her teeks continue to grow redder. And she goes into this story. Quote, Billy Stubbs Rabbit. Well, Tom said he didn't do it, and I don't see how he could have done. But even so, it didn't hang itself from the rafters, did it? Yeah, and there's, uh, you know, I didn't get into, like, backstories, but there um, there, there is research that's done on children who show lack of emotion, lack of empathy and sympathy and children who hurt lesser or weaker things, such as children who are smaller than them 
or animals. And, you know, I didn't get into that. I figured that would be something that we could touch on in a Felix file. So research is done thoroughly and correctly. And but, but he's totally a sociopath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 really not good. It's not good. It's really not good. And Mrs. Cold didn't know how Tom would have been able to get up there and do it. And all she knows is that Billy and Tom argued the day before and then his rabbit was dead. And another incident was on a summer outing. Quote, Amy Benson and Dennis Bishop were never quite right afterwards. And all we ever got out of out of them was that they'd gone into the cave with Tom Riddle. He swore they'd just gone exploring, but something happened in there. I'm sure of it. And well, there have been a lot of funny, there have been a lot of things, funny things. Hi, cave. <laughs> <laughs> it's the lake. Time Charlie. for some beach vacation time. <laughs> Man. <laughs> He's picked his spot early. Oh, man. So the cave visited by Tom Riddle as a child and as Lord Voldemort later used it to hide Salazar Slytherin's locket. One of his horcruxes. Oh, my gosh. A spoiler. What's that? So <laughs> the the cave was visited again, obviously, when Regulus stole the original locket back, switched it out, and then met his demise in the lake and joined everybody on vacation. Became a water zombie. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you think he was the one that grabbed Harry? Oh, I know that's a really bad thought. There's thousands upon thousands of people in there. Could have been anybody. I, I don't know why I'm laughing. Because <laughs> we not. have to laugh or else we'll cry. Right? It's disgusting. Ugh. Jess and H2O Joe. <laughs> real in the Discord chat today, folks. I like how Bree said he's got a timeshare at the yes. lake. <laughs> I love that. You know what? We need we need some stuff to go along with that. Just, oh. Yeah. Oh but so so let's think about this. Um, Amy Benson, Dennis Bishop, never quite right afterwards. Tom does not know he's a wizard, doesn't know that he's using magic, just knows that something's happening and he's able to have some control over it. First of all, He's getting things to do exactly what he wants them to do at a young age before he knows anything that's going on. And what I'm thinking about Harry is that Harry's doing things and he's so bewildered by it that he has no control over it. And so the way that Tom recognizes that he has something special about him, identifies it, and is able to control it in some way is absolutely terrifying. Yeah. yeah. And I he's not using it for good. Yeah, I didn't think about that the first, I mean, however many times I've read this book, but like not at all. It didn't cross my mind. How worrisome that should be. Yeah, like yeah. Mm. So like there's obviously speculation about like what exactly happened in the cave, what did he do to them? I'm thinking that he scared the living daylights out of them in some capacity. Um, I don't know how or what happened. Did he, you know, like show them things in their mind or did he um, put them in the water and maybe almost unalive them? Like certain things like that. But something that seems a little clear 
is that well, well I don't know if it's necessarily 100% clear but in my head all they ever got out of him was that they went into the cave with Tom Riddle did he modify memory he does say later in this chapter to Dumbledore you can ask them they'll tell you I didn't do anything so I wonder if he did and then or he case, scared them. or he sca- yeah or he scared them so bad I I kind of always envisioned that he just like showed them some really awful magic and like because they're kids who don't grow up with magic that's terrifying to like see him maybe kill an animal or I don't know I think that it was I think it was just like terrifying them by doing something in front of them I never thought that he did something to them I think it was just like if you tell anybody I did this I'll do this to you type of thing Oof. so that's why he's like pretty sure they're not gonna say anything because they know that he can do it and he promised he would do it to them if he ever told anybody it just makes me think that like and wonder like did he cross like certain boundaries with like wandless magic and it's just his innate self being able to not necessarily use spells because clearly he has no wand he has no knowledge of any kind of spell how to say it or anything like that it's just the core of a wizard to be able to do something like that with such desire and intent and he didn't want to get caught so bad and wanted to hide it like i wonder if his magic was able to do a spell like obliviate but it's not obliviate does that make sense yeah like i just i mean clearly we don't know and this is all speculation so we can say whatever we want but like (laughs) i think that he should have just been making flowers like Lily and Snape. Well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he would make like a Venus flytrap or something, you know? Truly. Yeah, human size. <laughs> a human, wait. That's no, called a piranha. A Venus human. A piranha. They live they in the um, Amazon. Fishy in my hair. <laughs> they live in the lake. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, who knows? I I know what you're saying. They're not the same. I I feel like he did modify their memories and it was a form of Obliviate. But obviously he was never trained in that. So, like, that's not really what it was. But it kind of did the same thing. Right. I do. Okay. So what if he, like, levitated them until, like, put them or, you know, like, mm, show what if he could show them visions or i don't know who knows what he could do at this point he's a kid without magic doing magic it's crazy i like what kim i mean i guess i don't like it but she's a kim in the chat says why didn't the ministry flag stuff like that earlier the magic he's using seems very dark like it would be on the ministry's radar i mean if they can flag but i guess realistically it says that they don't track people under 11 which seems kind of crazy and stupid (laughs) so like clearly they should or they should have some sort of way to track quote dark magic um yeah that seems like a pretty big flaw in their system Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) yep much like a lot of other things anyways (laughs) yeah yeah but anywho, tell us uh, tell us what you think. 
Put it in Facebook. Let us know. Yeah. Um, so Dumbledore then explains to Mrs. Cole that he's not going to be keeping Tom permanently, that he'll be returning at the least every summer. And she says, quote, oh, well, that's better than a whack in the nose with a rusty poker. And she had, <laughs> she said it with a slight hiccup. She's uh, she's ready to be done. Uh. She gets to her feet, and Harry was impressed to see that she had she was quite steady, even though two thirds of the gin was now gone. And you know, I put it in an article, but we talked at length about that last episode. I'm not going to dig that into the ground, but we obviously said what we feel about Dumbledore and the gin. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now it's time to meet Tom in person. Hey. You ready to get weird? Meet and greet. So as they walked through the building, Harry noted that all the children were wearing the same grayish tunic and they looked pretty well care- cared for. But despite that, he knew that this was a pretty grim place to grow up. And even if it was subconsciously, this makes me wonder if Harry is already making those connections in his mind to um, his upbringing and Tom's upbringing. Mm. Because he does say, you know, later on how how similar they are. Um, but like, and this is one of those things, like he knows what it's like to grow up in a grim kind of place. And so does his arch nemesis. Yep. So it was a small bare room with nothing in it except an old wardrobe that led to Narnia, a wooden chair, (laughs) and an iron bed. And Tom was reading when they came into the room. Probably a terrible book. No, I don't know. But (laughs) there was... What does Shrek say when he's reading Fiona's diary and it's all about marrying Prince Charming and Somebody busts in the room and he goes, what are you doing? I was just reading a scary book. (laughs) (laughs) Shrek. Uh, Quote, there was no trace of the gaunts in Tom Riddle's face. Merope had gotten her dying wish. He was was his handsome father in miniature, tall for 11 years old, dark-haired and pale. His eyes narrowed slightly as he took in Dumbledore's eccentric appearance. There was a moment's silence. I fabulous I love this scene in the movie like in terms of how well they did it to what was written um yeah they even, did it really well yeah even mm-hmm. like down to visuals of like the room and I I liked how there was like a call out to the cave how he had like a picture of it um mm. next to his bed and stuff can we talk about how like that cave was supposed to be like an outing for those children how did they get there and why go to a normal beach you can like <laughs> stick an umbrella in the sand and one of those kids messed up maybe. you don't want to go to a cliff i don't understand maybe that's yeah. what beaches are like in england it looks like no that one looks like <laughs> azkaban I know, okay I know. <laughs> it looked like a very rocky beach but yeah, I don't know. And not a pleasant beach. I don't know. It just looks like this barren island and not some place you can actually go and have a picnic, you know? Well, I don't okay. think anybody's sipping Coronas over there, you know what I'm saying? 
Aubrey, not to be confused with the virus. Oh. <laughs> Aubrey and Joshua both remind us only Tom and those children went to the cave. The trip oh. was to a nearby village or beach or something. Thank you. Both of you. Thank However, you. still. Did he over there? Right. Dude, like, ha- I mean, maybe magic was involved for him to get there. But. I mean, they had to have. Yeah. Whoa. Um, okay. So Dumbledore comes in. He says, how do you, how do you do, Tom? And he offers his hand. Do how do. <laughs> how do. How do. <laughs> and Tom hesitates. But he does after a moment take it and they shake hands um so Dumbledore sits down beside him and this is described as almost like a doctor patient or a visitor patient setup mm-hmm. how like mm-hmm. Tom is in yeah. the bed and Dumbledore sits in the chair next to his bed mm-hmm. um so Tom then says professor because Dumbledore introduced himself as professor Dumbledore um, so he goes, Professor, is that like, Doctor, what are you here for? Did she get you in to have a look at me? And he meant Mrs. Cole. I wonder what He's sorts. Uh, I know. I wonder what sorts of evaluations Mrs. Cole had had Tom go through. And I mean, like, rightfully so. She's clearly worried about. But I don't know if she actually has. I was going to ask your thoughts. Like, do you think that she has had people come in and talk to him? Uh, what year is this? Um, 1938. Where's Sarah's timeline? I know. We need her. <laughs> <laughs> miss your sauce. Um. Uh. Okay. Well, I was gonna Google psychiatric therapy in 1938. Probably not great. Probably, Probably not, great. not great. Because um, he even says like asylum. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they did some interesting things back then, and by interesting, I mean terrifying. But I, honestly, like, it is so sad what some people had to go through um, to get to where we're at with modern psycholo- psychology and psychiatry. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Kendra um, says that Tom was born in 26, so if this is 10 years after, it would be 36, so it would be right before that. Mm, okay. But either way, if it's before that, then what they're doing before that is not any better. (laughs) So, yeah, that's rough. Um, okay. Dumbledore. Everywhere else is telling me 1938. I'm just. I'm not saying for. Oh, for. Like even the lexicon says it's August of nineteen thirty-eight. Well, actually, hold on. He is born in December, well, he's so born he on... would miss the normal year that he would go and would have to go the next year. Right. He'd have to go the year he was turning twelve, but he wouldn't be twelve yet. Correct. Hmm. So that would be thirty-eight. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. Whew. Too much math. Thank you, friend. Too much math. If a train leaves St. Louis at... Yes, Brandon. <laughs> and it's holding 30 pigs. I don't know what m- these math problems are. Um, okay, so Dumbledore smiles at Tom and says, no, no, but Tom didn't believe him. So he is just convinced that Mrs. Cole wants him looked at. And he said, tell the truth with a, quote, ringing force that was almost shocking. And I kind of hear, like, the tell the truth, like how he says it at the end of Sorcerer's Stone with Harry and Mirror said. 
what do you see? You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's glaring at Dumbledore. His eyes are wide and Dumbledore gave just no reaction and waited for him to calm down. Um, I wonder like how he knows how to handle this. I know he does it. Cause he does shockingly it well, the whole really time. well. Yeah. And I, I don't know, maybe it's from conversing and, dealing with Grindelwald maybe he just like knows to desensitize from I don't know you're talking about Dumbledore I miss yeah that. yeah mm-hmm. like how does Dumbledore know how to handle Tom so well it's that's my guy you know <laughs> he just he, honestly probably from working working with kids sometimes you if you stay so neutral, you can get more accomplished. Um, and I'm speaking of like things like behaviors that aren't necessarily desirable in a classroom per se. Like if you right. don't rise, I mean, and this is true for like all kids, like say Alana falls, bumps her knee. If I scream and freak out, she's going to scream. And mm-hmm. freak out. But right. if I'm calm, she might be more calm. Doesn't always work. But um, yeah. I don't know, man. He just I, does it really well. I mean, I'd be like, bro, shut up. What are you talking, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Jess suggested like she's sure that he's had other troubled kids. And then uh, Mia also suggested maybe from Ariana. Ariana. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. he's also been around kids for a lot. So I don't know. Maybe. I mean, he's been teaching for a minute. Yeah. It's not all daisies in the classroom. Truth. Um, so Tom does calm down slightly, but again demands, who are you? And Dumbledore explains again. He says, my name is Professor Dumbledore and I work at a school called Hogwarts. I have come to offer you a place at my school, your new school, if you would like to come. Um, Tom does not take well to this because he immediately assumes that he is hiding that he's being taken to an asylum under the guise mm-hmm. of saying he's going to this school. Mm-hmm. I bet that's been threatened to him before. A thousand percent. Otherwise, there would be no reason for him to jump to the conclusion. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, he does seem like a scary kid, though. So, like, maybe he should have gone to an asylum. I don't know. <laughs> but also, they didn't do good things there. But, like, no. it's so, like, in those times, like, what... What do you do? It's I don't know. It's just not, so unfortunate. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know what happens with people um, of that caliber, right? Uh, I, I know. I can't speak to it. It's scary. Yeah, because almost it's like there there wasn't really a good place to send those people. Period. Because asylums were literally awful and Mm. didn't actually help the patients. They just hurt them more. Um, But also like this child is literally terrifying the other kids and something needs to be done. So it's like you're, I mean, yeah. And just like today, people who um, need help, end up in prison Mm -hmm. 
and end up also not like still not getting help. So it's like it's a system that I don't even know where to begin with or what would be a good answer. But it's just I don't know. I'm glad that we've come far from that. (laughs) So a bit. Okay. Anyway, Tom says that old cat, meaning, um, yeah, I did not plan meaning that. that cat. Meaning that cat. <laughs> Tom says that old cat, meaning I'm blanking on her name. Oh my god, Mrs. Mrs. Cole. Cole. Okay, Mrs. Cole, uh, the one who should be in the asylum. I never did anything to little Amy Benson or Dennis Bishop, and you can ask them; they'll tell you. So, I went to the wiki to see if there's anything else we know about these people. We really don't, in all honesty. Um, Amy and Dennis are both residents at Wool's Orphanage. Uh, Tom took both of them to a cave near the spot where the orphanage kids were taken on a trip after the trip inside the cave. Amy and Dennis did not act the same and seemed strange. Tom seemed to have done something so terrible inside the cave that the two orphans were frightened into silence. So. Messed up. They apparently did film this, but it was um, taken out. Hmm. See? Now, where was that during the special? <clears throat> yeah, really? That would have been cool. Where's Peeves during the special? But anyway. Where's my tea? Where's my tea? So Dumbledore Mm. just remains patient and again says he's not from the asylum. He is a teacher and he says he'll tell him about Hogwarts if he comes and sits down calmly. If he would rather not come to Hogwarts, nobody will force him to come to Hogwarts. Uh, And then Tom mutters under his breath, I'd like to see them try. But Dumbledore just ignores this comment and keeps going and says Hogwarts is a school for people with special abilities. And Tom interjects and says, I'm not mad. And Dumbledore says, I know that you are not mad. Hogwarts is not a school for mad people. It is a school of magic. And there is silence. Tom had frozen and his face was expressionless. But his eyes were flickering back and forth between each of Dumbledore's as though trying to catch one of them lying. Um, it's just trying to like see the flicker of a lie in either of Dumbledore's eyes. Is he... Like is he able is to he do, reading his mind? Trying like is to? he a legilimens even now? Like is he harness, harnessing I those bet. skills now? I <gasps> bet. <gasps> Tom. Yeah, I bet. Could be. Tom. But Dumbled in, and oh my god, no, that's totally it. Because Dumbledore then kind of seems like he like no longer is smiling. And I bet you it's because he can, like, tell what he's trying to do. You gotta block him out. Because he's blocking him. So you can, like, feel that Tom is, like, trying to pry. Mm-hmm. Bro. I almost said a bad word. Okay. <laughs> I mean, <but> seriously. <laughs> I mean, if he's doing other things, like, if he's... If, if, if he was truly able to modify their memory yeah. why wouldn't he be able to practice this yeah oh, oh my god what what if miss what if mrs cole actually had seen him doing things but he also modified her memory props <gasps> oh my god that makes sense because she says <gasps> i can never catch him 
Tommy Ban. <laughs> he's a legilimens and he's messing with people's memories. What a little. Mmm. 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 <laughs> bad news bears. and it says here like you know how it says tom froze his face went expressionless because like he was trying to do something bro <laughs> i love these moments on the podcast oh my god okay this is totally that's it canon done boom okay so dumbledore then or wait no tom says it's magic what i can do and Dumbledore asks him what he can do. And Tom goes on and says, all sorts. I can make things move without the way this is done in the movie. Yes. So freaking eerie. It is done so well. Okay. Anyway, I can make things move without touching them. I can make animals do what I want them to do without training them. I can make bad things happen to people who annoy me. I can make mm. them hurt if I want. Mm. Disgusting. That last <sighs> sentence. Yes, and the fact that as he's saying these things, he's described as looking fevered, excited. His legs are trembling. He stumbles forward, sits down on the bed again, staring at his hands, and his head is bowed as though in prayer. And he says, I knew I was different. I knew I was special. Always, I knew there was something, and his fingers were quivering. Like he I'm is so, yeah. <laughs> he is like so elated with this information because now he knows that his thoughts are true. The way he's staring at his hands and the head bowed, like it was almost in prayer. Like that's a trait that he never really lets go of. I feel yeah. like he's been described as that before. Yeah. Um. In uh in seven mark your bingo um, <laughs> but in seven in the uh, the forest again when he's waiting for him to show up he when he's like i really thought that he would show i believe that he is standing that way um that's like a good callback yeah to to this book um i guess it's not too far of a callback oh my god we're on six i know <laughs> um but yeah like it, it it's like his his prayers, his dreams, his have been wishes answered. Have all been answered and come true in this very moment. Yeah. Cuz you never see him stumble. Right. You never see him he's always usually in control of everything. Um except Harry Potter escaping. <sighs> but uh except thinking Harry's dead. Oops. <laughs> Don't trust the Malfoys. But like, yeah, this is terrifying. Yeah. Uh, and Dumbledore's not smiling anymore. Like I said before, he is. I think that he's clearly. Probably taken aback a little bit by this reaction. Like this is not normal. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, it's normal to be excited, but this is like a whole different level. Well, he'd already been doing magic. Correct. You this know? is like this him. Excited about the manipulative and hurtful magic he can do. Yes, mm -hmm. for sure. How much more? How much yeah. more can yep. I do? Yeah. What else can I do? Well, if, mm -hmm. if I haven't even gone to school yet and I can do these things, yeah. What will I be taught? <laughs> I had a thought. Um. So when Harry and Hermione, I don't remember if Ron was with them, but when they went back to the orphanage 
to look for a horcrux, which Harry later is like, well, I don't know why the heck we went there because it would have never been there. Um, it's it's no longer standing. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he went back. I bet. And destroyed the people within it and the building itself. Probably. Because I literally wouldn't put that past him. Looking for volunteers to work at the lake. Hey, Mrs. Cole. Oh, my Let's gosh. go on a vacay. Oh, my God. What if? It's like, ugh. ugh I can't. That is so awful. I bet you it's filled with orphans. It's oh. filled. It's filled to the brim with people. He had to have done thousands of murders that we don't know yeah. about. And a lot of them were muggle killings. So why why is that not plausible? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's sad. Yeah. Yeah. Is that? Hold on. Is that a thing? I'm going to like look up Wool's Orphanage on the wiki to see if like there's any confirmation of any foul play. So it says sometime before 1997, the orphanage had been demolished to make way for an office block. However, it doesn't say that, like, if it was just demolished, that to me means it's like an abandoned building. It's not like, oh, we're moving this orphanage. We're demolishing this old orphanage. So, like, I'm assuming that means that there's nobody in there which would have grounds for this theory. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not that he destroyed it. He, pro- he Maybe he didn't destroy it, but he mm-hmm. killed everybody in it. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Possible. Fun facts about Tom. Is that really um, I, just fe- I just feel like he would have such a vendetta against that place. For and sure. Against people like Mrs. Cole. Yeah. Um, I feel like he would probably want to do something like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay. Tom, no, Dumbledore's no longer smiling. Well, you were quite right. You are a wizard. Tom lifts his head and his face was transfigured. There was a wild happiness upon it, yet for some reason it did not make him better looking. On the contrary, his finely carved features somehow seemed somehow rougher. His expression almost bestial. 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 I think bestial. Um, it reminds me of like uh, I called like Dante's Inferno, like painting. Oh yeah, I think so. Like we're I don't know. This is just like old paintings where they are like half beast, half human, and mm-hmm. that, that's like the image yeah. that comes to mind, or like those images of um like Satan with the horns, but he's like upright, but he has hooves. Like that's when I hear that term, that's, that's the image that comes into my head. Yeah. So Tom asks Dumbledore to prove to him that he's a wizard too. Being like, well, I don't, I don't believe that you're one. I know I am, but you know, and Mm. you can see that, after telling this information to Tom, like Dumbledore's air about him has changed. Uh, he he I think that he went into it knowing that this was going to be different. But I think that seeing his reaction kind of like 
caught him a little bit more off guard than he thought it might. Um, so he seems taken aback by how Tom is talking to him now. Because, like, realistically, this should be extremely happy, exciting news. And, like, Tom, yes, looks happy, but, like... Crazed. Crazed, yes. Friend, like, like it said, like, fevered. Not crazed. Um, bestial. So, mm-hmm. he says, if, as I take it, you are accepting your place at Hogwarts, and Tom interjects and says, of course I am. And then Dumbledore says, then you will address me as professor or sir. So he is setting his boundary here now. Like, you need to remember that I am your superior. And I don't like this. Nope. Tom's expression hardened for the most fleeting moment before he said in an unrecognizably polite voice. I'm sorry, sir. I mean, please, professor, could you show me? And that's how he was for his whole Hogwarts yep. career. Yep. Right in that moment, that switch goes off and he knows how he's going to be successful in whatever his plan is. Fake are. it till you make it. Good Lord, does he ever. <sighs> that right there is, it's not the first example of manipulation but that is definitely the beginning of his manipulation at hogwarts in terms of the teachers um and emotionally manipulating them to f- to believe he is this type of student polite mm-hmm. um kind you know what a lot of people are this way yeah yep a lot of people are this way and it's it's scary i don't know like you just you see you see them one way and then you i don't know if you if you know someone who who does this like you know who they really are it's kind of like oh my god yeah you're terrifying you never really know (sighs) right so dumbledore draws his wand from the inside pocket of his suit jacket points it at the shabby wardrobe in the corner and gave the wand a casual flick, and the wardrobe burst into flames. So we don't necessarily know exactly what this spell is, um, but the guesses are that it's a combination of a fire-making spell and a flame-freezing charm, because it does go up in flames, but the flames don't hurt you. Um, It burns, burns, burns. Flames get higher. (laughs) The ring of fire. Narnia's gone, guys. <laughs> it's over. Um, so the fire-making spell is a charm that conjured a jet of flames that could be used to set things alight. Um, it is listed in the standard book of spells grade one. And the students use it in charms in year one and also in Herbology to deal with devil, Devil's Snare, and it is reviewed in fifth year for OWLs, so this is definitely one that is around a lot. Um, we do think that Dumbledore possibly used this non-verbally combined with the flame freezing charm, which is... A charm that altered the effects of fire such that instead of burning, it gave off a pleasant sensation such as a warm summer breeze or a gentle tickling sensation. Um, I'm not laughing at you. Did Teddy like lick your nose? 
<laughs> he tried to love bite it. I was like, what's going on? I was just like making out over there. I don't know what's happening. He does that to her all the time. Uh, oh my God. Yeah, you do. He looked at me straight in the eyes and just went, Meow. I do what I want. I do what I want. Um, so yeah, we think that maybe that is what Dumbledore used, but it's this is really the only instance that this specific use of this spell is ever used for like there's something in your wardrobe that shouldn't be um, type of sitch. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. take it away, Kate. So Dumbledore makes this thing burst into flame and Tom jumps to his feet. Uh, it's described as he's howling in shock and rage. And Harry thinks he can't blame him because literally everything he owns is probably in this one wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Um, but and just quite as, a few things he doesn't own. I was yeah. going to say, and some other people's <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just as Tom like rounded on Dumbledore to do who knows what, the flames vanished and the wardrobe was completely undamaged. So Tom looked um, from the wardrobe to Dumbledore and to his wand and his expression goes greedy. And he asks, where can I get one of those? And Dumbledore says, all in good time. Um, but more importantly right now, there's, seems like there's something that's trying to get out of your wardrobe and you can hear like a faint rattling from inside. And it says for the first time, Riddle looked frightened. So Dumbledore tells him, open the door and he hesitates, but he does go and do it. And he grabs a small cardboard box from the top shelf, shaken and rattling. And, um, it's described like it has frantic mice inside. Um, So Dumbledore says, take it out. And Tom looks very unnerved. And Dumbledore says, is there anything in that box that you ought not to have? Riddle threw Dumbledore a long, clear, calculating look. Again, maybe trying to read his mind. I, Mm -hmm. Dude, he totally is. Mm -hmm. And says, yes, I suppose so, sir. He said finally in an expressionless voice. Expressionless Mm -hmm. and emotionless are signs... Mm-hmm. Of things are not correct in this boy's brain. Nope, they're not. Um, so Dumbledore says, "We'll open it." And Harry expected there to be something way more exciting than what ended up being tipped out onto the bed. It was a yo-yo, a, sil- a silver thimble, and a tarnished mouth organ, which is just a fancy way of saying harmonica. <laughs> it sounds like a body part. I know. I was I know. like, as soon as those words came out of your mouth, I was like, organ. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to be like, what? That's not what I read. <laughs> I had to look it up. I was like, what the heck's a mouth oh organ? My I just think of Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> um, so Dumbledore very calmly tells him, you are going to return these things to their owners along with your apologies. Um, and he will know whether or he, whether he does it or not. And thieving is not tolerated at Hogwarts. Um. Harry Dumbledore notes, doesn't say killing is not welcome, though. <laughs> he does not, and that happens, so he should have said it. <laughs> oh my god. Terrible. Oh. Um, well, in that case, I'm going to open the chamber of secrets and <laughs> send this basilisk on some muggle-worns. I didn't do it, the basilisk oh, I, did. I didn't do it. Hagrid, where's that spider? <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Guys, if we don't joke about it, we'll cry. Yep, I'm sorry. Exactly. True. Um, so Tom doesn't look ashamed at all that he has these stolen items. 
He's looking at Dumbledore coldly, and he says in a colorless voice, Yes, sir. So Dumbledore continues and says, At Hogwarts, we teach you not only to use magic, but to control it. You have, inadvertently, I am sure, been using your powers in a way that is neither taught nor tolerated at our school. You are not the first, nor will you be the last, to allow your magic to run away with you. But you should know that Hogwarts can expel students, and the Ministry of Magic, yes, there is a ministry, will punish lawbreakers still more severely. All new wizards must accept that, in entering our world, they abide by our laws. So at this point, I do think Dumbledore truly believes this kid has a chance. Like, he thinks, I'm going to take him out of this situation, show him how to do magic properly, give him a better, like, give him better surroundings and better life, and hopefully it will set him on the right path. Um, So Riddle, again, colorless, says, yes, sir. And Harry notes that it is impossible to tell what this kid is thinking. His face is blank, um, but he does put the stolen items back in the box. And Tom just says, I don't have any money. And Dumbledore says, well, that's that's not a problem. Like the school does have a fund. Um, so we can help you buy books and robes. Some of them might have to be secondhand. Um, but before you can even finish, Tom interrupts him and says, well, where can I buy spell books? And he takes the money bag without even thanking Dumbledore and just starts examining a galleon. Uh, so Dumbledore starts to explain about Diagon Alley and he starts saying like, I can help you find everything. And Tom says, you're coming with me. Certainly if you, I don't need you said riddle. I'm used to doing things for myself. I go around London on my own all the time. How do you get to this Diagon Alley, sir? I'm surprised he like goes around London by himself. Yeah. He's 11. Or does he modify her memory when he gets back? So nobody knows that he was gone. Right. Because he's already dropped as much as he has a guard up. He has significantly, dropped his guard and like admitting the things that he can do so like i can see him not bothering like not caring to tell dumbledore yeah i run around on my own all the time because i while feel nobody like knows that wouldn't be a thing like I, I don't feel not like i feel like they wouldn't let him and i feel like i don't know it's just it's strange to think that they it, they would allow a 10 11 year old yeah boy to to run around a city like london yeah i yeah. agree i think that he probably gets away with it he either does like le- like allows does something to allow himself to leave or does it when he gets back after he sneaks out i don't know it just doesn't seem right or i mean i th- i can see mrs cole running like a pretty tight ship but also, I think she is afraid of Tom as well. So I could even see her letting things slide just because she doesn't know how to deal with him, which is not correct. But I could That's see that happening. That's also another way to look at it. Yeah. Um, so Harry's thinking Dumbledore is going to insist on going with Tom. Uh, and he's surprised when he doesn't. He just gives Tom his letter from Hogwarts with his equipment list. And he tells him exactly how to get into the Leaky Cauldron. He tells him that... You'll see it, but muggles won't. And he just says, when you get inside, ask for Tom the barman. It shouldn't be hard to remember because you guys share a name. Um, And from the book, Riddle gave an irritable twitch as though trying to displace an irksome fly. So Dumbledore says, you dislike the name Tom? And he says, there are a lot of Toms. 
Then as though he could not suppress the question, as though it burst from him in spite of himself, he asked, was my father a wizard? He was called Tom Riddle too. They've told me. And Dumbledore is trying to be gentle and he just says, I'm afraid I don't know. So I think, I think part of like, this kid's already messed up. Right. And then he doesn't have parents. He probably longs for them, obviously, just like Harry does. And then to find out that his dad wasn't magical, the person he's named after. And then to find out that his mom was like ashamed, you know what I mean? Like not like a frowned upon in society, which is sad, but like the people that he was probably hoping he got his magic from and got these abilities from in his eyes have disappointed him. Haven't lived up to what he has expected. That's probably just like totally screwed him up even more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tommy, you need some therapy. Uh, like everybody in these books needs therapy, let's be Accurate. honest. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. You just need it. True. True. So I'm going to start Sasa's notes and then um, Megan is going to finish them. So Sasa writes, Tommy thinks that Tommy thinks that his mother couldn't have been magic because she wouldn't be dead. If that was the case. So he has clearly has not studied magic, but thinks that it is seemingly all powerful. Um, magic doesn't make you invincible, which is a great lesson he could have learned and saved himself some trouble. He then asks, when does he go to Hogwarts? And it's all in the papers that Dumbledore had given him September 1st, King's Cross Station. And he has a ticket in there as well. Dumbledore goes to leave, but before he does, Tommy tells him (laughs) that he can speak to snakes. The snakes find him and whisper to him, and he asks if that is normal for wizards. And we know that it is not normal. Um, It's not an average wizard trait, but it's not unheard of. And, I mean, we all know that Dumbledore's mind is probably automatically going to right because that's what everybody in the wizarding world does right um and they share a look they shake hands and (laughs) i love this i freaking love her then membledore which is memory dumbledore (laughs) tells tom that he will see him at hogwarts that is the episode title please membledore you got it Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, Membledore. And somebody also text her, please. <laughs> oh, <we know. laughs> um, so real time life Dumbledore then says that he thinks that that will do. And do. they are. I know I thought of that. Shrek. There's Shrek. Is that on a bingo card? That will do. That will do. do, donkey. Um. They're soaring through the darkness and then they're back in Dumbledore's office and sitting down. Harry notes that Tommy accepted it quicker than he did because Harry was obviously like flabbergasted at first. I'm a what? Just Harry. Yeah. And Dumbledore points out that Tommy (laughs) had already thought of himself as special and Harry really didn't. Um, Harry... 
thinking back to Harry's reaction, like he really thought that he had nothing going for him. Like he was a miserable kid. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes I'm me just sad. Harry. Just and Harry. Those few, those few and far moments in between where he would be able to sneak up, sneak upstairs and play Dudley's video games while they were gone or maybe grab an ice cream out of the fridge. And those were like the highlights of his childhood. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, I would like to say he got better, but he's still very sad and cursed child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very least. sad. He's married with kids. Married with children? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Harry asked him if he knew then, and Dumbledore, obviously, I mean, he's Dumbledore, so he knows what he's referring to. And he said, this is... This is one of my favorite lines from the series, actually. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not a popular one that people hear. But Dumbledore says, did I know that I had just met the most dangerous dark wizard of all time? No. I had no idea that he was to grow up to be what he is. However, I was certainly intrigued by him. I returned to Hogwarts intending to keep an eye upon him, something I should have done in any case, given that he was alone and friendless but which already I felt I ought to do for others' sake as much as his. Oh, so he like, this kid's out to hurt people. Jeez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Going on with the quote, his powers, as you heard, were surprisingly well-developed for such a young wizard, and most interestingly and ominously of all, he had already discovered that he had some measure of control over them and begun to use them consciously. And as you saw, they were not the random experiments typical of young wizards. He was already using magic against other people to frighten, to punish, to control. The little stories of the strangled rabbit and the young boy and girl he lured into a cave were most suggestive. I can make them hurt if I want to. So Harry confirms that Tommy is a parcel tongue, yes. And Dumbledore confirms, along with uh, things that we knew, it connects people with the dark arts. We also know that's not always true either. Dumbledore was more worried about his behavior towards others rather than his ability to speak to snakes. So before Harry and Dumbledore part for the night, Dumbledore wants to go over some things that they witnessed in the memory. First being Tom's reaction to being called Tom. Um, There he showed his contempt for anything that tied him to other people, anything that made him ordinary. Even then, he wished to be different, separate, notorious. He shed his name, as you know, within a few short years of that conversation and created the mask of Lord Voldemort, behind which he had been hidden for so long. So Dumbledore goes on to talk about Tom already being very self-sufficient, secretive, friendless he points out that he wanted to go to Diagon Alley alone preferred to operate alone and as an adult he is the same you will hear many of his death eaters claiming that they are in his confidence and they alone are close to him even understand him but they are deluded Lord Voldemort has never had a friend nor do I believe that he has ever wanted one um excuse me Nagini that would be the only, <laughs> literally the only 
exception, maybe. You. I literally are was about to be like, that just made me think of Paramore. What about, um, does Bellatrix not count? I don't Heck think so no. because I don't think that he okay. <laughs> oh, used and abused. But like, truly, mm. I think that he saw an opportunity with her almost like delusion over him. Like, he was like, oh, she can, she will do anything. I'm oh, yeah. not, like, I don't view her as someone who like I can confide in, but I will definitely use her. Power trip for yeah. sure. Okay. <laughs> Do you also, disagree? I was just joking about Nagini. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't think he has friends. Yeah. Just, yeah. was asking for he the d- sake of asking. <laughs> Katie um, was just like, no. I was joking. Oh, no. I was joking. <laughs> no chance. Just hard no. no. Um, but also thinking about Nagini... She, I guess I don't know enough about that, like, relationship, because it feels more like she's, like, a companion. Mm-hmm. Like, literally not like she's a person, once was a person. Um, But, like, Fozzie's my friend. Yeah, I know. I I, yeah, I know. I get that because that's how I feel about the boys, too. But like, I, I think that the difference between like Fozzie, Iggy and Teddy and Nagini is the fact that like, (laughs) never thought we'd be having this conversation. (laughs) First of all, there's a lot of differences. Okay, like they're not evil. Um, but (laughs) But Nagini is like, we know this now. She was a person. So like, the fact that he's the only person that she can communicate with um, and may know her history could make them closer. So, like, I'm iffy on Nagini. Like, maybe she's a friend, but I think besides that, like, eh. Yeah. I don't see him being like, Nagini, you want to go Starbucks together? You know, I don't see him <laughs> hanging out like that or. Hey, Nagini, confiding. I'm coming over. Can I bring you a coffee? <laughs> right. I only do that to real friends. For me? Extra venom. <laughs> uh. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> snake creamer. <laughs> oh my God. Can no. snakes have pup cups? Voldemort pulling cups. up in the drive thru. <laughs> can I get a pup cup for my <laughs> snake? <laughs> Can I have a his cup? Probably. Probably. Hesha please. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so. Anyway, how sad is this? That he literally has never had a friend, nor really ever wants one. It's, like, truly a sad life to lead. And I wonder if he wasn't given what he needed as a baby. Um, so Sarah gave us a link for Psychology Today about touching empathy. So, like how lack of physical affection can actually be harmful. Mm. Um, And like babies who are not held, nuzzled, hugged, they can stop growing. And if the situation lasts long enough, they can even die. Um, So researchers discovered this when trying to figure out why some orphanages had infant mortality rates of around 30 to 40%. And we now know that orphanages are not suitable places for infants. 
Um, babies aged zero to five simply do not receive enough stimulation in group residential care to develop to their full capacity. Um, babies, sadly, babies raised in orphanages often begin to fear, touch, and avoid it without having intensive, repeated loving contact with the same one or two people. They simply can't make the proper connections. They don't get enough repetition with particular people to build in bonding, and that spell trouble. And that can spell trouble later in life as this early touch helps provide the template for all relationships thereafter. Yeah. And Brandon says, which is why it's BS that the hospital charges you to hold your own baby. What? Yep. Whenever like, like they charge you for skin on skin. Like right after the, like after they, if you like look at the breakdown of your your bill. Yep. Go look, at your, go look at your bill from Alana. They charged you to pay anything. I got that government <laughs> insurance. Public. Oh, yeah. They yeah. charged you. <laughs> no, honestly, I didn't know that. Yeah, but that's mm-hmm. a thing. Like, excuse um, me, you're going to charge me to put my own child on my body Katie, that created the child. It's because in America, health care is a business. It's, it's something else that starts with a B word. I'll tell you that. So is school. I hate it here. Um, so there's another article from scientificamerican.com about how important physical contact with your infant is and just how it like touch and emotional engagement boost early childhood development. Um, and the, it says here, the stark institutional isolation prevalent in the orphanages of some countries might have mostly melted away decades ago, but many babies and young children all over the world still grow up in environments where touch and emotional engagement are lacking. Many children who have not had ample physical and emotional attention are at higher risk for behavioral, emotional, and social problems as they grow. So honestly, this fits. And especially because, like, he was in an orphanage in the 20s and 30s. Um, It fits even more. So, And he was literally, like, there practically from birth, wasn't he? From birth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was born at the orphanage, right? Yes. I think yes. So basically what yeah. we're saying is holding babies is important for babies. Yep. I love oh, skin to skin. It's so nice. It's so important. It so much. It also helps you. Yeah. Um, I'll talk about it after the podcast because it's not really podcast worthy, but it's definitely Tiffany's life worthy to tell other people because it's something I didn't know. And you know what? You can edit this out. But can we talk about, just for a smidgen of a second, mothers being real with other mothers? I'm so sick of the internet, and I'm so sick of Instagram, and I'm so sick of first-time moms having no freaking clue the real deal about things. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not have this, like, quote, like, Uh, magazine look to life, okay? Can we be real? I'll tell you what, at the end, at the end of the day, all y'all people who are giving birth are all wearing the same adult diapers. So can Preach. we just be honest with each other? Go Tiff, go. There are so many, like my sister told me so many things and I thank God for her because like she told me the real deal, what you need. She put together this whole kit for me afterwards. Like we need people being honest yep yep we need people being honest we truly truly do and 
a lot of people think that they are doing things wrong or that they're alone and you're not you are absolutely not everybody is just trying to get by and if you think that you are perfect sit down but not before your sits bath thank you <laughs> tiff i'm snapping that that was great. That was great. I just, it makes me really sad because some people go in and they're like, I had no idea. And I'm like, I'm really sorry. Yeah. I'm really sorry you didn't know and that somebody wasn't honest with you. Take the classes because those nurses will tell you straight up. Yeah. Yeah. So the last thing Dumbledore wants Harry to take notice that Tommy liked to collect trophies. He reminds him of the box of stolen stuff that he had hiding in his room. These were taken from victims of his bullying behavior. Souvenirs, if you will, of particularly unpleasant bits of magic. Bear in mind, this magpie-like tendency for this particularly will be important later. I'm assuming he's talking about his horcruxes and what he chooses to use as them. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of serial killers are also known to take souvenirs from their kills. Shout out to Dexter. (laughs) Blood slides. Woo, 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 woo. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. My gosh. Honestly, though, all like, because I mean, if you don't, if you've never watched Dexter, he kills bad people. So like in obviously, you know, Dexter's souvenirs, but like you also learn that all of these other serial killers that he kills, he like basically pins it on them because of their souvenirs. It is definitely absolutely a thing. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Um, To build off of that quick before I forget, Vinny did send like um a little oh, I saved that. infograph. Yeah. Of like psychopath first versus sociopath because they're talking about how we weren't sure um so this particular image says psychopath is lack of guilt remorse empathy pretending to feel emotions inability to form true emotional attachments tend to be successful dishonesty manipulative behavior narcissism and superficial charm definitely voldy Mm -hmm. and then sociopath Mm -hmm. is lack of remorse but guilt and empathy may be present in some cases some emotions are felt such as rage but are shallow and fleeting he definitely feels rage may form close attachments to one or few individuals Mm -hmm. consistent irresponsibility and repeated violations of law Mm, like constant lying and deception aggressive and reckless behavior so he yeah, he's both he is both i think he leans more psychopath but he is both according to this graphic hmm. yeah i mean i don't think that he really ever has guilt or empathy but he definitely does feel some emotions and they are fleeting because if you think like whenever he goes to gringotts and he like feels the rage mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. like goes on a rampage and kills all of those goblins like that's mm-hmm. very fleeting it's it's for a short period of time and then he moves on. Yeah. Um, and that's that's why I think he did that at the orphanage. Did what? Went on a rampage and killed oh. everybody there and then moved on. You're welcome. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, terrible. Yeah. Um so Sarah also gave us a link about magpies, the bird. Yes. Wait, the Montrose magpies? They're a Quidditch team. Mm-hmm. How do you remember these Quidditch teammates? <laughs> I just love them. I just like that one a lot. Yeah, United. The Touch Shield Tornadoes. Um, so magpies <laughs> have a terribly bad rep associated as they are with all sorts of ill luck, superstitions, and omens. 
One of the pervading myths that surrounds them is that they have a penchant for shiny things and will steal your jewelry, <gasps> cutlery, and even your money. Like a nibbler. They're like nifflers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nifflers with wings. Your rats with wings. Your rats with wings. <laughs> oh my god. I love that. <laughs> <word>. <laughs> oh jeez. So yeah. Mine. <laughs> um oh, boy. so now they are officially parting. Parting ways to go to go sleepy sleep. And Harry notices the table where the ring was last time, but it wasn't there anymore. And Dumbledore says A magpie took it. A magpie. <laughs> uh, Dumbledore says yes to Harry, giving him permission to say what he's thinking. And Harry points out that he noticed the ring was gone and he thought that Dumbledore might have had the mouth organ, aka harmonica, or something on the table instead. He says very astute, Harry, but the mouth organ was only ever a mouth organ. Uh, and Sarah says, sir, this would have been a great time to talk about horcruxes. You can sleep when you're dead, and that is coming up quick. <laughs> Sarah! <laughs> Sarah and <laughs> Oh my gosh. Also, this is showing us that Harry's becoming more observant, and that the ring is important. And with that note, Harry leaves. That, that's well hilarious. That's Oh, geez. So, give me a moment. I'm going to pull the lightning round questions. Lightning bolt round. We have, first up, from Kim. Do you think Tom was always the bully, or do you think that maybe he was being bullied and turned into a bully? I think he was always a bully. I think he was always a bully, too, but I had to think about that for a second. But I think he just, I don't, I don't know. I think he just was. I think he's got problems, man. I think he has problems. But I also think given there were times where he was a small, like there was toddler Tom. You know what I mean? Toddler Tom. And, and there was very young <laughs> child Tom. But like truly. Tommy and I think that being in this grim place, you know, um, some of these behaviors were probably learned and then, you know, intensified by him. Yes. But I'm sure he's he's seen a number of things growing up and adopted them for his own. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like taking in those behaviors. For sure. Um, <laughs> Katie K asks, did they do water sports at the lake? And if so, which ones? Drowning people, probably. <gasps> Tiffany. Flipping jet skis. They're dead. I don't know. <laughs> water skiing. Water skiing. Isn't there like a water skiing squirrel? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I've seen that. Um, what's a, I don't know. What's a water sport? <laughs> Nobody wants to scuba dive there. Is that a sport, though? Um... Snorkeling? Ew, ew, I do not want to snorkel in that lake. <laughs> I don't want to do anything in that lake. Let's be honest. I don't know. Brandon, think of Brandon said something terrible about the contents of the lake earlier. I don't know if I should repeat it or not. Oh, jeez. 
we've said a lot of things in this. Episode. I'm sorry, his name isn't Brandon, but I don't think I can read the name out loud because yeah. <laughs> we've edited that part <laughs> out. <laughs> Padsicles. <laughs> yes. <sighs> okay. Should I? Shall I move on? <laughs> yes, please. Sure. Okay. Katie T. Not. Oh my God, that was so scary. That Not used to you. be my name. I know. Weird. What, <laughs> what genre of book would Tom Riddle choose to read? Sapphic. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a genre. I mean, it kind of is. You think he would read lesbian books. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't know what it meant. So I was staying silent until somebody said more. I was like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> he likes enemies to lovers. He Spicy. He likes reading smut. (laughs) Sarah Sarah has texted us and said that he likes books only written by men. (laughs) Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, Let's see. Kim, do you think Dumbledore was having second thoughts about bringing Tom to Hogwarts with the way he seems to be prone to violence? At this point, I don't think that he was. I think he thought that Tom had a chance and he wanted to try to take him under his wing and train him to use his magic better. I think that Dumbledore was thinking the best of him at this time. I agree. I think he just wanted to keep a close eye on him, but had high hopes that he could be, quote, saved for lack of a better word. Yeah. I mean, even if even if he had reservations about it, there's nothing that he can do. True. You know, I mean. His name's been down ever since he's been born. Yeah, his (laughs) hands are tied. He can't do anything. So even if he wanted to, you know. Yeah. Fast answers. This is from Kendra. Name a book that would be humorous for Tom Riddle to be reading. Captain Underpants. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Diary of a Wimpy Kid. (laughs) (laughs) Diary. Oh, diary. That's funny. Oh, God. Somebody draw that. Somebody oh, draw Tom Riddle's diary having the cover being diary. I'm trying to think of a, a book. Katie. I have no fast answer. Come on. See spot run. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Clifford, the big red dog. Uh, Marguerite asks, when you read this chapter for the first time, if we can remember, what Mm -hmm. stood out the most to you? I think the wardrobe. um, And like, dumb. I think the rabbit for me, probably. Yeah, that too. I don't remember. (laughs) To be honest with you. Honesty is the best policy. Yeah. Um... Sorry. Jenny Fire. Would you have let Tom go about getting his supplies by himself after having this interaction if you were Dumble? I would have at least probably one more time been like, no, I'll come along with you. But if he was like super insistent, then I would have been like, all right. right." But also, I just don't feel comfortable like having an 11 year old kid walk the streets of London. I would have sent Haggard to tail him and be like, oh, wait, Haggard's a little. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Do you think he tried little. the best pies in London? 
Oh, I hope not. The worst spies. <laughs> All right. Worst spies in London. Bingo um, goes to rape. Oh, sorry. Did you? I'm sorry. No, I didn't mean to cut you off. Singing. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, bingo goes to Ravenclaw. Congrats to Janine. She Great got job, bingo. Janine. Good job, Janine. <laughs> Good job, Claus. Good job. Um, All right, so that means that the House Cup drum roll goes to also Ravenclaw. Oh, hey, showing up for the sassafras. Hufflepuff was in second, but it was a big point difference. Ravenclaw's in first with three sixty. Hufflepuff is in second with two twenty. Wow, Jeez. Ravenclaw is showing up. Yes. Well, I'm, I, you know, I'm not going to be mad that they won tonight. But, yeah. any other time. <laughs> but after so. tonight, we will be mad. <laughs> we will be angry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. All right. Who's ready for the fan story? Please. Okay. This one comes from M. Wright from September of 2021. Not too long ago. Not too long ago. Howdy, Tiffany, Megan, Katie, Sarah, Florence, Teddy, Iggy, and Fozzie Bear. Hello. I love that you included everybody. Love it. It's a beautiful Saturday morning, and I woke up with one thought. Write my Potter story. First, let me say that the story is long, and I'm not sorry. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Em. Finally. Finally. <laughs> Second, my Potter profile. I'm a super proud Hufflepuff. Are we the same person? It took me a while to find that pride, but it's unstoppable now. My Ilvermorny house is Puckwoody. My wand is you would with the unicorn hair core 10 inches. Hold on. That may be my wand. Seriously, are really? we like this? Yeah. I need, Em, we need to talk. <laughs> um, and supple flexibility. My Patronus is a rat terrier. Wizarding World says it's a black mamba, which is cool and all, but my happiest memories would absolutely produce a dog, so... I love that you just took control of that. Mm-hmm. My favorite characters are Dumbledore and Arthur. I grew up as a real smart kid of whom too much was expected. My folks were super demanding and everyone expected me to be valedictorian and president or something, but I never had as much ambition as everyone thought I should have. I always had a really hard time with bullying during middle and high school because I was a gender fluid, queer, little nerdy kid in Tennessee in the 90s. Oh, So, you know, yeah. long story short, I suffered with depression and anxiety and failed out of college after a year when I was 17. I skipped the seventh grade. After that, I was really lost and had no idea what to do with my life. I ended up working for a short time at a bookstore in the mall. The end of my shift was nearing and I finished a book about David Koresh and the Branch Davidians. I hope I said that right. After that, I wanted a little something lighter than that, you know, lighter than, you know, all of that. So I went ahead and grabbed book one. Y'all know what happened next. It was right before Order of the Phoenix came out. So I read the first four books in a week (laughs) while at work and then snagged a new Order of the Phoenix for myself as soon as they came in. After that, I attended midnight releases and read all night. After I read Half Blood Prince, my friend and I actually wrote down our predictions and saved them in a lockbox like little time capsules. I love that. For the record, I wrote down Harry is Horcrux. Boom. <laughs> I read seven while I was working at a call center and managed to get off work early after reading between calls. Fast forward almost a decade and a half. I'm still a powderhead and writing to y'all. Over these over those years, I suffered from a chronic pain disease. I found the pod while recovering from back from surgery back in 2018. Experienced heartbreak and loss, dodged a few hate crimes, and experienced being dirt poor while slinging pizzas for a living. 
All that, I had Potter to keep me company. Potter rode around with me in my car while I delivered pizzas, played in the background while I sobbed, and taught me about real openness and resilience. It got me through five surgeries and a divorce, and it got me through terrible struggles with depression and anxiety. I went back to college eight years after I failed out, and, and I ended up graduating summa cum laude and getting a full scholarship to law school. I graduated at the top of my class and became an attorney. I don't think I could have done any of it without my friends from the wizarding world reminding me that it's never too late to find your truth. I love that. Mm -hmm. After a few years of practice, I was super lost again, feeling like I did all that work and achieved all, achieved all those things only to do work that I didn't believe in. I mostly represented big businesses who just wanted to make and keep as much money as possible. I left that job but had a hard time finding what fit. Finally, in March 2021, I got an incredible opportunity to do my dream job. In July, I left my wife and five dogs and my house in Georgia, and I moved across the country with my pit bull Freya to become a law professor. My job is only for a year or two, so it didn't make sense for us to sell our house and move the whole family. It's been amazing. Honestly, people calling me professor, it's so fun mm. and the right thing. But good grief, it's been so hard to be so to be alone so far away from everything and everyone you know. Here's where y'all come in. Y'all have been my friends in my new town. Y'all are with me when I walk my sweet pup. Pictures attached so you can worship her aloud if you read this on the pod. <laughs> I did attach it on here. When I plan my classes, when I ride my bike around town. Y'all have kept me safe and sane during this adventure and I'm incredibly thankful. I recently became a patron and joined the Facebook communities and wow, being connected to the whole Swisher fam is even more special. I can't wait to get tenure so I can write articles about the Wizengamot. Parentheses, mm -hmm. Wizgas. <laughs> I am loud about education with Tiffany, hate grass with Megan, yes, and, and laugh inappropriately with Sarah. And well, Katie, I mean, I'm a snack-loving, animal-obsessed, gender-fluid puff. We are twins! <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and then a little action quote, meaningful fist bump with sustained eye contact that ends in a stiff nod. <laughs> literally you could be best friends I know, I know. <laughs> I can't tell you how grateful I am for all that y'all do you model the best of human behavior with your openness thoughtfulness and willingness to be introspective while you gallivant your ways through the chapters y'all remind me to consider the perspective of others and to honestly reflect on my own thoughts and behaviors you truly represent the best of us I'm still not sorry this got long and I'm not sorry for making Katie say y'all so much <laughs> thank you thank you thank you M. P.S. Stop maligning Ernie Mac. I have thoughts. Now tell us a joke. Uh, <laughs> Ernie Mac. I've been called He's basically out. basically the best. Wait, let's talk about the pooch. The pooch. Cute pooch. Oh my god. Very cute pooch. Uh, um, please kiss your pooch. What's the pooch's name? Fre Freya. 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 Kiss Freya right on the snoot for me yeah. and then right in the soft, soft, soft spot between her eyes. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. um this story gave me life truly i mean talking about growing up in the 90s and being who you are is really hard yeah i mean geez yeah yeah but look at you persevering and breaking through it's amazing i love truly. it i love that I go ahead no i was just saying i'm i Happy that we can be there for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, I mean, Katie, Discord is requesting the picture, and I can, oh wait, I found it. Never mind. Yeah, I think it, I think it might still be on the desktop. <laughs> I was like, where is it? I don't do it. <laughs> um, yeah, recently, like finding myself too, and like still, I mean, you're always finding yourself. There's always new things to learn, and 
learn to try and love and all that. So it's really cool to see you doing that and see you, um, even though it seems that you've like had ups and downs, obviously who doesn't, I'm glad that you, you seem very resilient and I think that's awesome. And you give me inspiration and I think you sound like a really awesome human. And I think that maybe other listeners who are hearing this and can make connections with you are also feeling inspired. So look at you inspiring the masses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go M. Go M. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. So since Ravenclaw's one today. You're going to read a joke from the Ravenclaw. I'm going to read it from the oh, unofficial. I thought we were going to kick them out of the chat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to take one from the Ravenclaw joke book and I just found well, I'll read it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what dark wizard made the best pancakes? Tom Griddle. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. You're welcome. <laughs> Tom Griddle. <laughs> oh boy. Follow your hosts on social media. Myself and Katie are on Instagram at the Petrus Family. Tiffany is on Instagram at Tiff Swish Flick. Sarah's on Instagram at O'Malley with three H's. She's going to tell you all about all her books. Go follow her. Her books. Yeah, books. Books. I've been doing a lot lately, actually. Give it to me. Boba Fett. Boba Fett has been blowing my mind. I'm not going to say anything about it because that would completely spoil it for other people. Especially the latest episode just came out yesterday. Sorry, I keep hiccuping. Um, It is so good. I love Dave Filoni. I love Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, I think that they should just... Uh, hand Star Wars over to them. <laughs> I just, is anybody else watching it? Are you guys not watching it? I have not watched it. That doesn't mean I'm not going to, but we haven't yet. Okay. Well, I need you to, you've seen all the. Yeah. Okay. Um. Good. There's just like, characters showing up and the timeline is literally perfect um i just love it i I really really love it still um yeah bryce dallas howard's episode was absolutely phenomenal and honestly like this past weeks i (laughs) know that i'm pregnant and i cry a lot but like i cried a lot every time i see bryce dallas howard I just think about how she played Victoria in Twilight. <laughs> Wait, what? Didn't she? Who? Bryce Dallas Howard played Victoria in Twilight. You're asking the wrong Did person. She? I need you to look that up because in I don't Eclipse, know. yeah. Not in the first two. She did an Eclipse though. Like what? when she actually gets Yeah, she plays Victoria, the redheaded vampire. In which one? In Eclipse. Okay, so she's like the new Victoria, right? Yes. Yeah. She is not the one in the first two. Right. Oh, oh was she mind. in the second two? Oh, okay. What? But yeah, she definitely plays <laughs> her whenever like Edward and her are battling at the top of the mountain with Bella. That's Bryce Dallas Howard. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Jesus. <laughs> now I gotta like look up a clip. Literally, that's all I think of whenever... Um, 
I see her name and I'm just like so weird. <laughs> she, oh my god! Yeah, it is her. No, no. <laughs> you never know when Twilight's gonna creep back in your life, right? <laughs> she looks so different. Oh, a lot of people know her for Jurassic World. Yeah, I will say. Um, and also Ron Howard's daughter. How cool is that to have an awesome dad like that? Um. Monday, Tuesday, happy days. Happy days, director of many a things. A lot of you, if you like the Jim Carrey version of The Grinch, he did that one. Um, also, in actually in that Grinch movie, Jim Carrey does a scene as the Grinch impersonating Ron Howard, where he has the ball cap and the megaphone, and he's making Max act. That's Jim Carrey making fun of Ron Howard. <laughs> I love it. Just so you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, Book of Boba Fett. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. What else am I doing? I'm not caught up on, um, and just like that, the Sex and the City reboot. Um, I might be an episode or two behind. I'm not sure. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm a little iffy. Uh, I don't know. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know how I feel about it. And then I have been listening to um, the first Crescent City book on Audible. Highly, Do you highly, like it? highly recommend. Yes, I love it. <sighs> oh, my gosh. I'm, I only on chap- I'm only on chapter eight. I'm listening at 1.4 speed because the narrator is pretty quick. Um, great narrator. I love, love their voice. Um, really good book. Don't listen to that with children around because there's a lot of swear words. Swears. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not okay, Sam. Thank you for asking. No, <laughs> I am not okay. This book is like, it like pulls you in and then does things and I'm not going to say, but it like. I'm reading it next. It's crazy, you know, it's, it's um, emotional. It'll, it'll get you in your feels. Um, yes, it is after. And so, what else have I been doing? Pokemon came out. So much. Been playing a lot on that. I love, like, logging in and then, like, seeing who else is online. I'll see like Brandon pop up or I'll see like Katie's online and it tells you what you're playing and my cousin's been playing it and honestly it is so good and in some ways it's like Breath of the Wild and Pokemon had a baby and it was this and it's really really good it Um, looks awesome I haven't personally played it but I've been watching Katie and it looks really good I can't wait to play it so good I'm definitely hogging it there's a lot of side quests, which is very Zelda-ish. Um, and so I just have to kind of, like, you could easily blow through this game with main missions. Um, and at first I started like that, but I need to, like, dial it back a little bit because I don't want to blow through this game because at the end of the day, like, am I trying to go for 100%? No. But am I trying to just blow through missions, like main mission, and just like beat out? No. I want to like take my time. I want to, I think the, the thing that I want the most is I want to catch 
a lot of Pokemon. Like I want to get, I'm not so worried about like the numbers of each, like for the tasks, but I want to make sure that I get, I mean, I got to catch them all, right? I am mm-hmm. like that with, um, oh my gosh, sword and shield. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like so adamant on i was like go through the book and i'd be like okay which ones appear in this area and i would wait until i caught every single one in that area and then i'd move on that's just like how i was with that game when i was playing it but it was awesome like i was so glad i did that yeah i just like to slow down because like what am i rushing for you know yeah so i'm like trying to dial it back a little bit and also there's a lot of dialogue in this game and sometimes playing with a three and a half year old around it gets a little dodgy so i'm like what what did they just say what's my mission <laughs> right. what do i gotta do um so just doing that but honestly highly 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 recommend that game it's very very good exceptional nice i mean i'm not too far along in it i'm i'm a decent amount of hours in but might be one of the greatest pokemon games of all time and I don't say that lightly. It's big words. Yeah. Big words. I've been playing from the beginning, friends. I've been playing since blue. Oh, I had read. So, so yeah. So you've got some experts here. <laughs> we know what we're talking about. We're like OG Pokemon fans. We like liked we it are. before it was cool. Yeah. Oh, Tiffany knows that. Oh, no. <laughs> <Big> <laughs> <whoop>. <laughs> Oh, anywho. Um, Anything else? I think that's kind of it. I mean, your baby's the size of a weasel. I liked that. My baby's the size of a weasel (laughs) or a baseball hat or a bok choy. (laughs) (laughs) That's big. Dang. I'm aware. No, it's um good. Sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night because the movements are so powerful now that like literally it feels like I'm being tickled from the inside. It's crazy. It's a little child. But I'm moving along. We've got a big snowstorm here in Cleveland, so I'm just like hanging out. Teaching online. Woohoo. Sick. Thanks for the snow days. <laughs> That's me. Uh, what have I been doing? I've read a lot of books. Um, I got to make up for it since Sarah's not going to talk about books right now. So I've read, I think, four books since the last time I talked to all of you. I have finished The Magician's Nephew. I finished The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I read a book by Christina Lauren that has a bad word in the name, but it's called Beautiful. Mm. Um. And also, I am almost finished with the love hypothesis. I <laughs> shout out to Steph. Shout out to Steph. So I don't know if I ever actually finished the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe in school because let me tell you, that book's got some twists and turns that I don't remember happening. <laughs> Really? I like seriously, I was listening to it and I'm like, wait, what just happened? And I'm like on the verge of tears, and then all of a sudden all is well. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what's going on. I don't remember any of this. <laughs> so that was fun. Um I'd also had that is oh, the only book in that series that I've ever read. So I 
um, I'm excited. I'm going to keep going, but I'm going to like sprinkle it in with other books. I was originally going to just like power through the series, but I think I'm going to like keep alternating, but I definitely want to finish. Um, I, (laughs) okay. So you guys have heard me talk about Christina Lauren books. I'm literally obsessed. I love everything that they put out pretty much. I don't think that I've disliked a book by them that I've read. Um, they always write together. Yes, they do. Um, uh. but this book, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> but this book series that I have started by them, it's like it's a ten book series, and it is called the Beautiful series. But there's also another word that goes with it that also starts with a B. Um, and. It's so weird that I can't even like say the title of the book that I'm that I read mm-hmm. on this. But yeah, it had a bad word. Very, very spicy. Like, oh, wow. I was not expecting that. I like went into the book knowing that it was their spiciest book series that they've ever written. But like, I've read Fifty Shades. I've read Akatar. I was like, Psh, it'll be nothing. <laughs> my god i was like a little embarrassed sometimes reading it i was like oh my god what did i just read um oh you (laughs) i mean it was it was great don't get me wrong but like (sighs) spicy yep Mm -hmm. how many peppers oh like peppers five out of, five out of five five? peppers um i don't know if they're kindle unlimited i've been getting them through libby through with my library card um and here i'm gonna write what the book series is in discord in discord um and it like it was well written spice which is why i loved it because you can read a book and just like you know, there's certain words that you just don't want to read and like you hate whenever certain words are described. Yep. I've and I'm just like, because of- have to DNF it because I just can't. I just can't handle it. I was like, mm, no. But this was like written very well. So I liked it. Um, anyway, great spice scenes. So now I'm reading The Love Hypothesis. <laughs> What did I miss? You are your mother right now. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. No. She can't even read Akatar. She literally sped through those books so fast because she skipped all of the sex. She's like, I just skip it. I just skip it. It's not important. I'm like, okay. Dying. But it is. Oh um, <laughs> I'm on a PG rated podcast. I can't actually talk about it. Okay. <laughs> when we're not recording, I'll talk about it. Um anyway, reading the love hypothesis. Um I don't hate it, I think, as much as my good friend Steph wants me to hate it. But I also think it's because it's <laughs> it's not close to home to me like it is to her because she's a grad student. Um but I also don't love it like everybody seems to be loving it on like TikTok and Instagram and stuff. So I'm just kind of like indifferent to the story right now. I'm hoping that I finish it tonight. We'll see. I probably will not finish it tonight. I'll probably finish it tomorrow, but yeah. And then after that, I'm reading Crescent City. So 
I'm reading Croissant City. You're a mess. Thanks. Anyway, that's like pretty much all I've done. I've really just been reading. And we also rearranged our apartment for reasons that we cannot speak yet. But yeah. Yeah. Had to do some things. Yeah, do some things. And we did. <clears throat> They've been done. Katie, what are you doing? <laughs> I, don't, I literally don't know. You just went like, <laughs> and they've been done. <laughs> and they've been done. Ford. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ford. I forgot about that. I can't. Oh, oh my God. Anyway. Are you finished, ma'am? Yeah, okay. go ahead. What have I been doing? I've been playing. I'm going to agree with what Tiffany said. I think this might be the best Pokemon game of all time. Um, yeah, Legends Katie has of, been really like, into it. Yeah, Legends of Arceus yeah. is totally awesome. It is so good. It's so unlike any other Pokemon game. I'm really enjoying it. Um, what else? Oh, I guess on a top secret mode, too, we did something else today that will be out soon but some exciting stuff is happening and i know the secret mm-hmm. i'm very <laughs> excited about it so no we're not getting a child no no child i'm <laughs> just saying we have fully embraced our childless millennial selves <laughs> it's not happening they so <laughs> i'm sorry to anybody Let it rest. who thinks that that's what this is but it's absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> I'm having enough for everyone. Yeah, right? Exactly. I'm just going to live vicariously through Tiffany mm-hmm. and her children. Yeah. Um, but other than that, what am I doing? Uh, I, I, in the spirit of Sarah, I looked up Tom jokes. Oh, nice. <laughs> That'll be a good way. I met Tom Hanks once. He was so rude. I asked for his autograph, and all he wrote was, thanks. What? Because it would be signed T. Hanks. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Megan and I are like, what? <laughs> How much does Tom Brady pay for corn? A buccaneer. He he's retired. A buccaneer. <laughs> People think Tom Cruise is short for a man. It's actually short for Thomas Cruise. Katie. Katie. Yeah. I I don't know what to do with you. I don't know what to do with me either. <laughs> Sarah said she likes them. Aww. Thanks. Yeah. Sasa approval. <laughs> the silence every time she finishes a joke. Mia. <laughs> We're, ha- we're thinking too hard about them. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to see if there's any more because some of these are really, really long. Could look up a riddle. Ah. Oh! oh. <laughs> some of these are inappropriate. Oh, <laughs> Mia, I straight up thought it was disconnected. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just trying no, to figure it out. Just, just uh, a little slow to think about the, the answers. And- <laughs> The connections tonight. I have a split personality, said Tom, being Frank. (laughs) (laughs) I got that one. I got that. That was funny. Oh, my gosh. All right. I'm going to 
I can be we're done. Stuck. I can be done. Yeah, we're, we're going to cut you off. Oh, gosh. And you know what? This one's for Sasa. For Sasa. For Sasa. For Sasa right, and Sass. That was a whirlwind, but we made it. And that concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And don't let the muggles get you down. They will mess you up. The first one I was like, oh, I just cool. remember Katie being like, I gotta run away. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. I'll lock to you. Level 40. Heck no. I was I like, know. level five. It was like, I was like, level 40. And I was like, I have a level seven. <laughs> really like, they're just dad glasses. Straight. Yeah, I like those a lot. Oh, Katie Daddy. <laughs> I'm here for that. I'm here for that. Yeah, I want to try it. I want to try it. I'm here for that. Thanks, Bree. You look cute in dad glasses. Hell yeah, you would. Don't call me daddy. Thanks. Well, I'm. I won't call you anything you don't want to be called, but it's going to take a lot of energy for me not to do so. (laughs) You can call me a zaddy. Okay. (laughs) Nice wishes.